Hello, and welcome to the Project Good podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Hilton. Project Good is a social impact podcast interviewing experts and advocates about the pressing problems that we face globally and hearing how they suggest we move forward in the future. The Project Good podcast is brought to you by Project Good Work. The goal of this podcast is to inspire people and organizations to develop a mindset that can move others to positive action regarding the complex social issues facing people and the planet. For June, we have a special edition episode on showing your impact. As a global society, we find ourselves being confronted daily with an unprecedented amount of social and economic problems that have layered upon each other. The need for change in so many areas has driven individuals and organizations to start working to create change through programs and the development of nonprofits. The question that often comes up are, these programs and organizations actually making a difference? Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Catherine Griffin, who is the founder and CEO of Impactable X Analytics. Catherine helps social entrepreneurs and investors leverage data that can drive impact at scale. Prior to launching Impactable X, Catherine served as managing director at an award-winning impact accelerator, Good Company Ventures where she built multiple global and cross-sector social innovation consortiums designed to catalyze and accelerate the application of new technologies to address the world's most pressing challenges. In 2014, she led the execution of Fast Forward, or Fast WD, a partnership between the city of Philadelphia, Bloomberg Philanthropies, and the Wharton Social Impact Initiative, designed to address the city's public safety challenges. Catherine is whip smart, has a huge heart, and a strong desire to bring positive change to the world. Let's get into the interview. In 2020, the company Impactable launched to help change-making founders bring clarity to their impact story. Impactable offers practical tools for top startups, accelerators, and funds. The tools are designed to meet users where they are, capture the real value of social innovation over time, and communicate it through analytics for all stakeholders. Catherine Griffin, the founder of Impactable, has a long history in understanding the change-making industry. In her past, she built a partnership with the Obama administration's Climate Data Initiative in 2017 called Climate Ventures 2.0 which focused on addressing threats to food and water systems from changes in climate. Catherine has successfully helped a number of companies launch, and her work has been featured in Forbes and New York Times. Welcome, Catherine. Hi, Anne-Marie. Such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited about this discussion. Um, I think, um, obviously, I don't know what happened to us, but since 2020, <laughs> I guess we're on year four of, um, <laughs> what should I say, an alien society <laughs> um, that we no longer <laughs> recognize. Um, and so, you know, it. Uh, I guess if we look at um, on the positive spin of all the different things that we've experienced from COVID to, um, you know, a number of natural disasters, um, uh, social um, unrest, um, and just, you know, um, uh, I'll say um, mental health crisis for individuals, um, uh, we've, you know, we've been, we've been through it <laughs> uh, across the world. Um, this, uh, uh, the, on the positive, you know, it has really spurred people to 
become reflective not only of their, um, you know, individual lives, but as, you know, a global collective. And so uh, with this new, what I'm calling uh, the change movement, uh, it it does um, bring to light um, also, I guess, the need to show that, I guess, are we, are we getting better and how do we get better? So um, I'm very excited about this interview because it will help people see, um, you know, that we're making uh, positive progress with the things that your company does. I'm so excited about this too. And indeed, these are challenging times and I think it's catalyzing a lot of um, both reflection and action and collaboration around the world, particularly among young people. Um, And our work really focuses on the solutions and elevating the solutions that can actually move the needle. And I think a lot of what we read um, and hear in, you know, mainstream news really focuses on, you know, the coming apocalypse and the crises that are happening. Um, But I think it's important to uh, pay attention to and really elevate uh, the folks out there hustling every day. Uh, to bring change um, and to to actually foster um, alleviation of some of these challenges because there's so much happening. There's so much capital going uh, into good work. And it's really important, I think, that um, we champion and support and really accelerate the the application uh, of these of these solutions so they can scale. Yes, indeed. Um, you know, um, <laughs> what can I say? I'm a little bit speechless, speechless in these um, times of, uh, you know, um, of knowing, I guess, what to do. But, um, you know, it, it is great that so many people have been, um, you know, working towards uh, different solutions. You know, every day on this podcast, I meet people that are doing just uh, amazing things to uh, push us forward in the right direction. Um, so one of the things I think that um, I guess let's let's uh, start at the beginning and let's uh, talk about um, change making just from a, uh, a large perspective. And then we will drill it down into how we show uh, the results, how to get there and um, start to, I guess, uh, create our ability to come together to push forward. Um, so what, from your perspective, do you think that it really takes for people to become a change maker? Yeah, it's a big, it's a big question. And I think people can create change in so many ways, whether, you know, you're a stay at home mom and you're raising children that are, um, you know, active citizens and, um, empathetic, uh, to folks who might be different from them or whether you are, you know, uh, sitting at a global conference table, uh, representing a country or whether you're founding an organization or leading a company. I think, uh, there are so many different, uh, ways we can create change in our daily lives. Of course. Um, I think, you know, our work really focuses on, um, you know, scalable technologies that can address climate and criminal justice and, um, agriculture and food and, um, you know, verticals across the board. Um, and I think, um, you know, many of the folks we work with are entrepreneurs or investors, um, 
they lead organizations with resources or they're building solutions. And I think um, it takes a really unique combination of skill sets and experience to sit in those chairs um, because, uh, you know, in addition to driving bottom line and, you know, building, um, you know, a good business um, or, you know, investing, you know, traditionally, um, folks in the impact space also need to really keep a keen eye towards their beneficiaries, their stakeholders, which might be uh, quite varied. Um, a lot of the folks we're working with, you know, deal with NGOs, they deal with um, end users on the ground, they deal with a number of intermediaries. So it adds a degree of complexity and difficulty sometimes, but it also really, I think, um, can be immensely rewarding. Uh, and a lot of the folks I'm talking to have deep domain expertise. You know, uh, some of the founders of the companies in criminal justice reform, for example, are returning citizens themselves. And so they've lived the experience that they're trying to change. And it creates a passion and a commitment that really um, enables them to withstand the inevitable challenges that come from uh, doing the kind of work they do. Um, you know, or in the climate space, a lot of them are, you know, uh, astute entrepreneurs. Uh, they're also, you know, deeply driven um, by the effects of climate change in one way or another. So I think it really just takes passion. It takes something uh, deep in one's soul. I know that's certainly the case for me um, that drives us to do this work. And uh, I can tell you there's something especially rewarding, not just from, you know, seeing people's eyes light up when they get it or see the results, uh, but also just um, connecting with folks just like you, Anne-Marie, uh, with whom, you know, I share um, a common goal. You know, we're, we're all working towards the same thing. And so I think um, some of the competition that might be um, present in traditional business sectors uh, is a little bit softened when um, working or even talking with others in the impact space because there's such a sense of shared, shared mission. Um, so uh, I, it's a long way of answering the question, but I think it's really about um, domain expertise or experience with a prob problem on the ground and a deep passion to, to get into the root causes of the problem, why it persists despite you know, decades of smart people working on it. Um, what are the, what are the entrenched, um, realities? I, I don't think that idealism helps. I think it's really important to be, um, very level-headed and clear and, um, honest about, uh, the challenges on the ground before, uh, you can really proceed. So, um, it's a great question. I, I love, and of course it makes sense because you're coming from an analytical background about, um, you know, being clear and level-headed on um, these, uh, you know, um, challenging problems that we see in society. Uh, because I think, um, you know, we see it probably on the news every day or you can just go to, you know, a local restaurant and overhear a conversation and you can... Uh, see all the emotions <laughs> that people have about these issues. And, you know, um, they get sometimes, you know, either uh, to a point that they're going to cry or, um, you know, or anger. Yeah. 
Um, and so, you know, not that, yeah. uh, you know, I, I realize that obviously we're humans, right. And we all, uh, you know, um, have this, uh, emotional, uh, component to us that makes us, uh, you know, a part of our humanity, but in these issues, um, uh, not letting, uh, yourself go, you know, uh, to one extreme or the other is so important because, um, uh, I'm sure a lot of people maybe heard this or maybe uh, I'll just say, uh, you know, when you were growing up, maybe your family, um, said this, or you found this and, uh, uh, later on, uh, between schoolmates is not to let your emotions get, uh, you know, the best of you, because if sometimes you get too emotional, you can't think straight. Right. And, um, and yeah. so, uh, you, having the, you know, having a tool or the tools that you offer are so important um, because it takes that, um, you know, emotion out of it and just say, okay, this is what's happening. Even though you may feel this way, like, you know, you're, you're angry and ready to explode or, you know, you want to go, you know, in a corner and curl up and cry <laughs> about the situation. Um, let's, you know, let's making it, let's look at it so that, uh, you can, you can start to take the steps forward. And so, you know, I guess what have you seen from not only, you know, I'm going to think that emotion is a, a big thing that sometimes holds just, you know, people back and uh, trickles into the organizations, but what are, I guess you can just give me one or two things that you've seen that are really holding, um, organizations and people back from reaching these goals that they, um, want to achieve. Well, there are a lot of different ways to answer that question. You know, there's there's certainly funding. There's preconceived notions. Um, there's frustration. I hear a lot of frustration. You know, my perspective, uh, of course, as um, you know, an, uh, someone deep in the trenches in the analytics space, it's very much about um, about grounding our work in, uh, you know, data on the ground so that we're not just driven by good intentions, which is, of course, a necessary component, but, um, you know, confirming that those good intentions are realizing change on the ground. Um, I think that is something that is really missing and it's a, it's a, um, conversation that's very much forefront, um, on the stages at conferences and, uh, webinars and, um, you know, in the back, the back rooms or zooms, uh, that are, that are happening between folks on, uh, in the field. Yes. And so I want to now kind of dive into what Impactable does. Um, uh, I want to start at the fun part. Uh, hopefully I, you find this the fun part of why you started your company. <laughs> I always hope everybody starts their company for fun <laughs> to some, some degree um, and then kind of explain um, how your tools um, help, uh, you know, founders and change makers um, in this space, uh, so that they could understand, um, what you do. Wonderful. 
Yeah. So prior to launching Impactable, I led an accelerator and fund. Um, I joined in 2013 um, and had an opportunity to work with quite a few early stage social entrepreneurs, um, helping them to build business models that would enable them to be venture backable. And indeed, many of them have gone on to do extraordinary things with companies that have uh, grown and scaled. Um, while I was there, we uh, won a million dollar Mayor's Challenge Award from Bloomberg Philanthropies um, to partner with the city of Philadelphia and Wharton Social Impact Initiative to bring new technologies to address the city's public safety challenges. Um, so we ran two cohorts of 10 entrepreneurs working in mental health and substance abuse and access to social services and uh, police reform and uh, all kinds of other um, really critical and um, complex challenges. Um, many of those have, have gone on to do extraordinary things. And I read about them in the headlines of, uh, New York times. And while we were wrapping up that program, we connected with the Obama administration, uh, specifically their climate data initiative, which was sort of a broad call to action in the absence of climate legislation at the time for tech data, human financial resources, um, and so we mounted a similar program that leveraged those resources and really channeled them towards high growth startup companies. Um, and, you know, the, the consortium consisted of folks across the board from NASA and NOAA to Google and General Mills to World Bank and UN. Um, uh, and what happened was our partners uh, at, across all of these initiatives started asking like how much impact have we actually had on climate adaptation or uh, public safety in urban areas? And so we sat down with the founders and we asked them very simple questions about their impact and they couldn't answer them. Uh, so we looked around for other resources that we might be able to offer, but those resources were really designed for much later stage, often public companies. Um, they looked at dimensions of impact like, you know, in employee pay, pay gap or diversity, which are great questions to ask larger companies. But these guys were small. They had teams of five or 10. It was really their products and services, which when sold at scale might move the needle on some really tough challenges. And so that's what we wanted to help them understand and articulate. Um, and so we developed their a very simple modeling approach and practiced it internally. Um, and the companies came back to us and told us it helped them win pitch competitions and close their rounds and accelerate their growth. Um, and the investors in our network came to me and said, we want these analytics from every company uh, in our portfolio. Um, and so I, uh, really serendipitously, you know, based off of just work in the field um, and observed need on both, you know, the side of preeminent institutions, as well as, you know, change makers on the ground, um, really just discovered this very um, real need and a solution that might be helpful. Um, and so I was given some funding and uh, a lot of encouragement uh, to explore building a business around this. Um, and so I spent some time talking to as many people as I could to see how big this problem was and what kind of interest there was for a solution like ours. Um, and really just was met with so much enthusiasm and encouragement from the field. Um, and so I really sort of followed the yellow brick road, you know, 
I wanted to understand what the realities were on the ground and test and validate whether the solution we thought might help would actually help. Um, and so that's how I arrived at Impactable. Uh, it wasn't something I dreamed up one day and felt inspired to go out and uh, explore. It was really um, something I was very much encouraged to do after years of uh, working you know, deeply in the space. Um, so the passion that I have now really emerged from that exploration, um, from talking to people, hearing what um, whether, you know, and how they might actually measure impact now, what challenges they face, um, and, uh, you know, beginning to test what solution I thought we might have. Wow. So, you know, you, you, you found a need and, uh, because you were already very experienced in this space, were able to fill it. And, and from there it has, uh, blossomed to help, um, hundreds of uh, different uh, companies and, of course, uh, probably make a lot of other companies look at themselves like, oh, okay, well, are we, what are we doing the right thing? Um, and I guess uh, that leads me to, I'm going to make a, two questions for the next question in part one. And so the, the thing that I think, uh, this is what I've seen um, anyways, especially I would say probably in the nonprofit or charity space um, because of course they're always looking for, uh, funding and donations and things like that. It's about, uh, I always think, uh, some of them where I've seen have a hard time showing either their impact or knowing, uh, what's the most important thing they should, uh, focus on, um, when showing their impact. Um, do you have any insight or suggestions uh, for these types of organizations? Yeah, great question. And this is one I get a lot. And it's sort of tough to answer in the hypothetical because it's so different for different organizations. But what really matters is the outcomes, right? So in a broader sort of theory of change, so to speak, there's there's a problem there's an intervention, there's the stuff we do to address the problem. And we're, you know, sort of accustomed to quantifying to the degree we can, the, um, the, the activities that we're doing. But what's really interesting are the results. What outcomes result from the work that we do? And this is often a challenge for folks. Uh, because they may not still be in touch with people. It's super longitudinal work, you know, we're doing. Um, and so there are definitely uh, operational challenges to quantifying outcomes. Um, but usually there's um, significant insights you can glean from drawing from third-party research, for example, um, gathering whatever data you can, uh, from users to the degree that it makes sense, but really trying to um, get at um, whether or not the outcomes that we intend to happen actually do happen or might happen um, according to, um, you know, similar instances where this approach has been done. This is really important. Um, what evidence can you point to that this type of uh, solution or work generates the outcomes we think it will. Um, this is really what everybody cares about. Um, usually the, you know, operators of a 
project or company themselves and funders indeed. Um, funders really want to know what metrics are most meaningful to us as you know the folks on the ground. Um, and for impact-driven folks, that's usually about outcomes. Are we achieving the, the results that we want to for our users? Um, so that would be my guidance for anyone who's on the ground. Now, um, you know, one of the things, you know, for, uh, I would say most organizations, of course, it's hard to show their impact, but I think it's specifically hard when you are just like a startup. Let's say you had, um, you know, this great idea um, and that you want to, uh, well, I'll take it. They're not a, a startup, but, you know, I'm sure one of the things that they had a challenge with, uh, I'm sure you've heard of Charity Water, uh, of course, um, uh, and, you know, um, you know, long ago they were a startup and showing like, okay, how are you going to get all of these people, um, you know, enough, uh, enough water that itself is a, a challenge that, you know, is already like, okay, well, it sounds great, but, um, you know, uh, you know, um, how are we going to do it? Obviously, you know, um, the easy way to show impact would be like show people with, uh, you know, glasses of water, but there's of course a million steps before you get there. Um, so if you have a startup and you have this, uh, great idea and, um, you know, you don't have, you know, uh, a ton of data because you haven't been, uh, doing this, uh, project or had this organization, uh, long, I guess, how do you, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how do you get the yeah. attention of investors? Get started. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so we apply the same sort of uh, principles to impact that we are accustomed to and have long accepted with financial modeling. Um, so, you know, when you're when you're just starting out a business, you have to put a price on your your product to capture the value you think you're going to create. Um, you have to make an estimate and about how many people you can sell it to, uh, where and how and why. Um, and we apply the same sort of approach on the impact side. Um, so, you know, draw from what's available on the internet and make some claims. Start with some claims and be prepared to defend them. Um, how many people, how many products do you expect to sell? How many users do you expect to onboard? Um, what sort of, uh, how will they interact with your solution? Uh, how will your solution serve them? And then what sort of uh, you know, results do you expect they'll get? Um, make an estimate and be prepared to defend it and make the most conservative estimate you possibly can. Um, Impactable was really designed initially in the early days to serve this kind of client, um, this kind of early stage company. We now work with much later stage companies with lots and lots of data, but even they need to make estimates um, along the way. So, um, you know, put a number down on paper, be as conservative as possible, be prepared to defend it, and then have a plan in place to get smarter over time. That's the most any funder can expect of an early stage company. You can't pull a rabbit out of a hat, right? You only have what you have. Um, of course, you know, lean principle, lean startup principles, um, you know, always apply impact or not impact focused. But um, so get started with a minimum viable collect data as you go, learn as much as you possibly can about, 
you know, the nature of your user before they use your product and then how their, you know, circumstances might've changed after using your product. That's really the core of what impact is all about change. Um, so you can get started with this at any point. Typically though, I'm seeing that, um, you know, angels and early stage investors, impact investors usually ask for your metrics. They want to know what you plan to measure and how you plan to measure it, what you're going to look for, what your plan is, really your clarity of thinking and um, expectations around impact, um, you know, and the degree to which to which it will remain a priority over time as a company scales. Um as you get, you know, further along in the process, you're approaching institutional impact investors, I think expectations increase um, in terms of, you know, the data you can provide and, um, and, you know, the context you can uh, share alongside it. But at the early stages, uh, you can get started at any point. Now, um, if somebody is planning to start an organization and, you know, um, obviously it's uh, nerve wracking when you do that, um, what type of organizations do you think that they would be most successful or, or likely to receive um, the most funding? Oh, goodness. I can't really speak to that. Um, it really depends. Um, there's a lot of funding available uh, in climate right now, of course. Um, a number of funds have been have been started to, um, you know, drive decarbonization efforts. Um, but you know, there's funding available across the board for education and healthcare, um, economic mobi- mobility, justice, tech, and racial equity. Um, uh, and 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 broadly speaking, you know, I wouldn't start a company based off of. Um, you know, expect funding expectations, like the degree to which it'll, or the likelihood of it getting funded. I, I think if, if you're going to start um, a company to drive impact, it's really got to be coming from a place of passion, um, you know, and the funding will come. I love, I love that, that, you know, I guess put the, the, the goal and the passion first, and then the funders will see that because, um, you know, uh, you know, I'm not a, a funder, but I have uh, worked alongside funders and, you know, that really does make a difference sometimes when they're trying to decide between two organizations, um, uh, being able to, uh, show your heart is, uh, really important. And then um, speaking of uh, showing hearts and uh, making a difference, I'd love to know like what uh, like one of your greatest stories or a story that you love, even if it isn't like a great story, even if it's funny or fun of um, any companies you've helped that, you know, um, help them either overcome something or get the funding that they wanted, or you just were like, wow, it was such a, you know, uh, a wonderful project that it left a wonderful, uh, you know, great impression on me. Yeah, I mean, we've worked with so many different companies with stories like that, truly, Um, you know, from the early days, you know, where I now have the benefit of time and perspective and can look back and see how far that company's grown and see them on the, you know, featured in the New York Times like that just never gets old, Um, uh, you know, but, you know, another company we were working with, um, provided 
uh, mobile technology that helped people who were returning from being incarcerated, returning citizens, navigate the probation and parole system, which can be just very, very difficult uh, to navigate. Um, and so um, they identified the fact that technical violations, um, failure to appear at um, you know different probation and parole meetings or um, you know uh, meetings over time were really driving um, bench warrants and rearrests and reincarceration. They had this unique insight and they thought that if they could solve that specific problem that they might then be able um, to reduce the rate of bench warrants and rearrests and recidivism. Um, and so we helped them, um, you know, model this out and forecast their impact potential with this solution. And um, they closed uh, $2.5 million seed round after working with us. And the funders um, that decided to back them came to us and uh, were fascinated by the report we had generated for them and were really excited to learn more and apply the same sort of approach across all of the companies in their portfolio. And so, I mean, that's just a very, you know, simple, um, you know, case study, but we're seeing that kind of effect um, across a number of the companies we work with. Um, it's really so valuable uh, to move from telling a story about you know, good intentions. We think that this app will affect change on the world versus actually breaking that down and um, drawing from the evidence, drawing from third-party research and determining the degree to which, you know, a company may actually be able to affect change on a, on a problem. Like it just brings uh, so much color and texture and clarity to a story. Um, and so we've seen that really unlock um, opportunity, open a lot of doors um, for companies on the funding side, but also on the sales and partnerships and brand and marketing side as well. Wow. I love that you brought a story about incarceration because it's not a topic necessarily that people think about for for change that often. Right? Everybody's usually thinking about um uh, the environment or children or women or things like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the incarcerated population is huge. And um, uh, some time ago, I did a, a little bit of uh, research in it. And it's just, it's amazing how much of an uh, effect it has um, on not only, of course, the people who are incarcerated, but the, the communities. And then also it starts to shape um, our, our minds as a society uh, about where people mm -hmm. fall on, um, you know, different, different, uh, I guess you would say class spectrums and things like that. So um, that's mm -hmm. very cool. Um, so now I'd like to ask you kind of a, a fun question. Um, where do you think that this, um, what I'm calling the, the movement of change is going? Um, right now, uh, you know, I would say, I guess we're on year four now since 2020. Um, and since that time, you know, obviously we went through COVID. Um, we've seen uh, some uh, climate calamities. Uh, we've seen people in the streets uh, uh, protesting, picketing, um, you name it. We've seen we've seen a lot. And so where would you say that uh, this um, drive for change is going? And um, 
I guess, what do we have to look forward to and what should we, um, I guess, work towards to make it, make things better? It's a big question. It's kind of like, I just feel like I just asked you like a beauty pageant, beauty pageant question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is a huge question. Um, and you know, we just live in very, um, scary times, you know, um, I think transparency is number one. Um, I think um, there are so many people doing so many good things. And there is more and more capital that's flowing in this direction, particularly as, you know, younger generations uh, assume responsibility for generational wealth. Um, You know, we're definitely in the midst of this transition period happening, and I think that's really exciting. Um, And I think we don't have it all figured out quite yet when it comes to impact. Um, There are a lot of different moving pieces, and a lot of people are working hard to try to really make it easier, I think. I think in the meantime, though, um, transparency is really critical Um, uh, in terms of, you know, making, just making claims of any kind being clear about what we know and what we don't know. Um, uh, I think in the impact space, there's a lot of collaboration. And I think um, that sentiment is invaluable because, you know, we just get so much further when working together. Um, um, but I, it's, it's challenging because there's a lot of disinformation out there right now. Um, I do think that the impact movement is getting stronger, um, and I think it will only continue to do that. Um, I guest lecture at a few different schools and, um, you know, top, top talent, even at schools where you wouldn't necessarily expect there to be a real interest, um, is really very passionate about this work. Um, there are lots of signs of change and evolution towards um, transparency, um, towards, you know, capturing impact as part of, um, you know, standard operating procedure for companies um, in both the public sector and the private sector. Yes, it's getting politicized, but, you know, I do, I do believe that, you know, this work will bend towards justice in the long run. Um, and I think we're making, we're, we're certainly making progress. Um, I think we can't move fast enough and there's plenty of headlines that, um, you know, are very disheartening. Um, but I think, you know, we, I try to look every day for, what, like what I can do today, what unique skills I have been given that I can use to, um, to give something to the world. Um, and maybe I'm biased because this is the world I live in, but there are just so many other people, um, who are thinking very actively about how they want to make meaning of their careers. Um, and, uh, I see roles, I see positions, um, I see projects, I see um, companies launched uh, that you wouldn't have seen five or 10 years ago. You just wouldn't have. Um, So I think it's a really exciting time. I do. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we need as many people as we can um, fighting the good fight. Um, and we're impactables here um, to make it more effect- effective um, and scalable in the long run. I love that. It, you know, I love that answer. It um, reminds me of the the, the song, of course, um, I'm starting with the man in the in the mirror. So uh, perfect, uh, perfect ending. Uh, thank you, Catherine, for your time and insight. If you'd like to learn more, learn more about Catherine Griffin, you can go to impactablex.com. If you have a passion for an unserved community, a social justice problem, or simply want to change minds, contact Project Good at projectgood.org to start your project of change today. For our listeners, thanks for tuning in to Project Good, where we're focused on what matters. 